Hello, welcome back to the In Around Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, like every week, is sports media's number one Joel Linton correspondent. It's Mr. Michael Carmichael Breslin. Hi, guys. How are you, Carmichael? It's great for you. And to his diagonal left on the computer screen, it's the Walcott Warbler, Mr. Pod Ross. How are you? All right, good evening. Oh, that was uh, a post out of a uh, match, match magazine that's still on my wall from like 2005. Good lord, that is an old post. The last Who... time Arsenal were good. Ooh, steady on, we'll get on to that in this podcast. Ooh, that, that's probably true to be fair. <laughs> the last time they were really good. And um, to um, Ross is right, making his triumphant return to the podcast after many <laughs> battles with eye snakes. The Dutch <laughs> East and the authorities, if we're being honest, in this country as well. It's um, Mr. David Harris, the car crash himself. Hi, well, <laughs> it's good to be back. <laughs> I couldn't remember Dave's nickname because it's been so long. So I was just like, what do we take the piss out of him for? Crashing cars. That's it. Yeah, anyway. Um, we've got a lot to get through this week. Um, and I haven't really got any pop theme questions to ask you at the start. So we'll get straight into it. But, um, awards this week, gentlemen. So if you kicked around long enough, you'll know that every year we do um, end of season awards for the Premier League season. that's just gone. These awards take into account the Premier League and nothing else. So <sighs> Salah's goals in the Champions League mean nothing to me. Um, in this one, it's just Premier League focus. So if you if you're listening to manager, you don't think he's have. How can it be Jurgen Klopp? He's he's had them on the brink of a quadruple or something. Firstly, I don't know why a Liverpool fan would be listening to this podcast, but if you are, sort of. Um, but it's just Premier League, and um, there are big categories, there are small categories, there are mentions for Timur Bakayoko, who is about to go and win a Serie A title with. AC Milan, which is just baffling to me. I can't believe it's continuing. Um, let's get show on the road with the big one. And interestingly enough, lads, it is the only award this year we are unanimous on. Um, so it's Player of the Year, and it's Joel Linton. That's <laughs> right, everyone. Go let's go, JJ. There he is, the big man. No, seriously, but Joel Linton is up for an award. <laughs> and it's not just the one in Mike's heart. And Pat. Um, <laughs> So, we don't have to spend too much time on this, really, because um, if you haven't guessed, it's Mohamed Salah um, is the winner of this award. Mike, tailor the tape for Mohamed Salah. Oh, I don't know how tall he is, but I can tell you that he's he's got scored 22 <laughs> goals in 33 appearances with 13 assists. So those, stats, those stats were pre the Spurs game, so actually they're, they're out, out of date now, which is excellent news. <laughs> Good stuff. He didn't um, score in that game, did he? No, no, no. Okay, it was okay. Luis Diaz who scored in that game. Um, yeah, maybe later. He, he, no, spoiler alert, he's going to feature, I think, a couple of times. Um, so, come, leads the um, the goal charts by two over Human Son, um, and he's still top of the assist chart. This, did anybody look at anyone else? No. Not at all. No. Okay. I think this is the easiest award. Yeah. Do you think um, he's cooled down in the second half of the season? Definitely. Yeah. 
because I think he's been shit for weeks, but I still think he is comfortably player of the year. Yeah, agreed. Definitely. Um, If if anyone can't remember last year's winner, Harry Kane. Um, (laughs) Yeah, coincidentally, um, didn't he top both the assists and goal charts last year as well? And that's why we gave it to Yeah, so I think uh, it's fairly easy to see what what catches our eye for player of the year. But yeah, I mean, for two-thirds of the season, probably-ish, he was basically unplayable. Best, Probably the best player in the world. And then as... I think, yeah, Will, you're right. He has called off a little bit, but I don't even think it matters. He's still been that much better. Is it a lack of discernible other candidates, you think, as well? I mean, like, Son is the... Uh, Son's got 20 goals and a boatload of assists, but we wouldn't consider him player of the year, would we? There's something to do with the fact that he's he's spearheading a title charge that's almost certainly going to fall, fall short of Man City's brilliance, but he's still spearheading that charge. He's the most important player on that team. Yeah, I'd back that. I, I think Son would be your next in line, but really? I, don't, I still don't think he's he's the. Uh, yeah, I think Son would be next in line. Yeah, but I still don't think he, yeah he he's in the same league as Salah this year. No, my ballot would be wild, by the way, because I would have Kevin De Bruyne second, and I've no idea why I'd do that, but I would. And then I'd have I mean, he has been really good. I'd have him third, probably. I think. Yeah, I think he'd come third for me as well, but. I've got Declan Rice third. Yeah. So where are you putting Son? Where am I putting Son? Fourth. Wow. He was not good at the start of the year. Not Salah hasn't been good second of the year. Have they yeah, just given we literally just discussed that. Yeah, but the difference, the difference is like Son's, Son's just... Oh, God. <laughs> this is the easiest one to give out and look where we are. It's just like... Yeah, look, I'm sorry. I don't care, Son. Like... He's put. I saw him score three goals against a woeful Villa team. I just don't count that the same. Whereas Salah, I've watched dominate. And just, yeah, he's putting loads he past Norwich and teams like that. It's only the same. Yeah, okay, all right, whatever. I just the thing is, I watch Son. And I'm like, I don't feel like he has as much an impact on his team as Salah has on his team. Well, I don't know. That's true. That's how I feel. Mm-mm. That's how also I feel. Also, not on board with that. All right. Nah. Let's get off this before you. Son's not... <laughs> I'm going to keep going. Sounds like even as Porton to Spurs as Ben Davis. It's like, what are we doing there? Oh, stop. Quick All right, thing. what's the next award? No, no, no. I, I want to. I have got. I have got an actual talking point on this. That is just me waffling. Um, City clearly going to win the title. Um, is this well. kind of like a? D- d- they're going to win the title. Spoiler alert! They're going to win the title. Um, oh, this has in and around pod gaff written all over it. Uh, yeah, great. I mean, either way, City or Liverpool winning the title, we lose. Um, True. Liverpool sort of... They've got individuals, like real quality individuals, whereas City's, other than De Bruyne, seems to be a bit more by committee. Do you think that's a fair justification because I think City for all their titles you look back at player of the year over the last couple of years and Van Dijk Salah so is it weird that player of the year doesn't necessarily produce someone from the title <laughs> weird no I don't think so I think often the best player would be on the best on the best team but not always and like like you were saying about City they kind of approach things differently whereas everything goes through Salah, Mane, Diaz. 
Didn't Kevin De Bruyne win it last year? I think he did win it last year, didn't he? And that's a farce, let me tell you. He shouldn't have won it last year. <laughs> it, it well, I don't think he's been better this year. Than, yeah, he has been better this year. Anyone other than Harry Kane winning it last year was an absolute joke, but there we are. As we, as we would have told you on last year's part. As we did. Let's move on. Um, thanks for your input on that one, Dave. Um, <laughs> moving on to Rookie of the Year. Dave, I'm going to come to you first because you've got the most interesting pick of the round here. Do you want to tell me and the gang? Who, by the way, we haven't all seen each other's picks. Um, most of us have seen some of Dave's, but we haven't seen all of them. So some of this is a surprise to us all. Um, Dave, take it away. Talk to us about your pick. Yeah, I've gone for Tyrant Mitchell from Crystal Palace, the left back. Uh, I mean, he played something like... Mike shakes his head. This guy loves Tyrant Mitchell. <laughs> We're off to a great start. I mean, he played 24 games before this season. He's established himself as Crystal Palace's first first choice left back, and he's got two England caps. I mean, that's a pretty pretty decent season, to to be honest. He's looked solid um, moving forward. He's performed well. I think he's you know it's a big step up, and I mean it is difficult this one because we limit it with a hundred league games. Um, yeah. And to be honest, players that haven't played that many games he was the first player that that came to my mind to be honest I think he's had a solid season um and he's certainly improved massively this year so yeah he's my pick Mike you are going to to kick yourself (laughs) I need you to wait we'll reveal it piece by piece so I should have mentioned Dave is right this award is limited to someone who's played 100 career games so that's career league games not career games as in taking into account all the cups so they could have played more than 100 games if you take into account all the cups that's important to say um, very important to say very you. important to say and the whole point is that pretty much like after three seasons they stop being eligible but we will look into it next year and maybe taking it down because Tyreek Mitchell is a really good pick and he's a real rookie rookie um the one thing I wanted to ask you is they all Crystal Palace obviously play a more expansive style now. So do you think, Dave, Tyreek Mitchell's game would probably translate to a, to a bigger club better than, say, the last fullback at Crystal Palace to come through? Um, 1%. Uh, yeah, I mean, possibly. I mean, I think he could definitely go to a bigger team. I mean, West Ham would be perfect. They're looking out for a left-back, but obviously I wouldn't say he's good enough to go Are to they? Yeah, they're on about selling, back in the league over there. They're on about selling, they're on about selling Cresswell, supposedly. Who too? Barcelona. <laughs> um, but I mean, I think he's good. I don't think he's good enough to go to a top six team um, yet. But I think he's good. I know who you guys have picked, by the way. Uh, it's just. Well, I'm worried now that I've I've made. Hold on, hold on. Okay. No, you no, made a story I actually did want to shout out Mitchell because I know no one else would. I think he has had a solid season, so I'm I'm happy enough to talk him, talk about him, put him forward. It's All right, good. Dave. No one loves Mitchell as much as you. That's. It's a good it's, pick. It's, uh, it's better than where we were in our first season where we picked between Todd Cantwell, Max Ahrens and Mason Mount and Todd Cantwell won, which is one of the <laughs> one of the worst things we've done on this podcast. Good yeah, lord. It's a, it's a tough one to look back at. Like. <laughs> yeah, it's a tough scene. Um, <laughs> Ross, <laughs> uh, honestly, I thought about that when I looked at my past picks. And I was like, you can't oh my god. Serious. <laughs> Norwich had been relegated. As well. It's incredible. Um, Ross, you're up next. Tell us who you've picked for Rookie of the Year. 
I picked um, a male Smith row. Mm -hmm. Talk to me about a male Smith row. Uh, yeah, well, he's uh, in double figures for goals. He's Arsenal's second top scorer. Um, and uh, yeah, he's had a really good season scoring and creating. He's been a really important player for Arsenal. Uh, broke into the England setup as well, scored for England. Um, yeah. No, no, we haven't, Mike. I checked on Wikipedia. Okay. I'm really our interested for YouTube. Our players, at, know, 90, exactly. our players at 95 appearances. No, no, I know that. I'm just, I'm trying to think if he's actually had a good year now. <laughs> no, he has. He has. Um, but, but, will, I have no idea who this is. Uh, well, you're going to kick yourself, Ross. Right. Yeah, Surely, let's uh, keep let's focus on let's focus on talking about Smithrow because he deserves a bit of focus. He's been really good this year, um, and been quite key. And I was worried that for Arsenal that he was going to be left behind a bit by somebody the other with Martinelli coming back, with Saka obviously being the star, with Odegaard coming in. I did think to myself, is Smithrow going to get the shine that he needs to? But I actually think he's improved drastically this year and some of his finishing is absurd Ross yeah he's one of those players that you feel like when he he's got a chance you feel pretty confident he's going to put it away um, and his ability to carry the ball as well um, he's a real quick dribbler with the ball um, which is something we probably haven't had for a little while coming out of midfield um, and he's pretty versatile too uh, he could play through the middle or out off either wing. So yeah, uh, yeah, I, I, I'm yeah. I just assumed the one you're gonna go for had played over 100 <laughs> yeah, games. I didn't yeah. even check it. I picked. Oh, behind the scenes, I think I think Smith Rowe or the one we're about to tell you about is um is is a worthy choice. Um, Smith Rowe, I had a real long look at because I, I really like him. In fact, I I actually think I prefer watching him over any of other Arsenal's other players. But where do you think his long-term future is? Do you think it's in that it's in number position? 10? Yeah, do you think he's going to end up playing wide? Uh, I think he's more likely to end up playing wide because um, Odegaard seems to be the one, the creative one who's playing through the middle. So and I think, which is fair enough, he's been really good as well. Um, but I think it's, it's tough because Martinelli's obviously been playing off the left and Saka's been playing off the right. So, I mean, Smith Rowe's been coming off the bench as well, quite a lot. And I'd, I'd have Odegaard over Martinelli. Not over, I'd have Smith Rowe over Martinelli, is what I'm trying to say. Oh, I think Smith Rowe's a better player than Martinelli, yeah. But is he better off the left than Martinelli is off the left? Uh, yeah. I don't know. But, I mean, they're pretty to be fair. Certainly better than human, Son, that's all I know. Um, Mike, tell. Um, Ross and Dave, who in and around Rookie of the Year is, because me and you have both gone for the same player. Yeah, we, we've got gone for his Ars uh, Smith Rose Arsenal teammate Saka, who, as Will <laughs> said, comes in just under the the allowed league game. Literally at like ninety five, so it'd be at like ninety nine at the end of the season, which is a wild. And what is what is quite incredible? I just looked him up. He's still only twenty. Yes, I know. It really annoyed me. But that's uh, which I don't know how that's a thing, but that apparently is a thing. Um, <clears throat> 11 goals, 6 assists this season, so a good return. He's playing pretty much every Prem game. First name on the sheet, probably, yeah. for us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For an Arsenal side who are, I'm not going to say, but they, they should finish fourth this year, maybe even third, depending on what Chelsea do. Get in there, boys. Get in there. 
Look, they should finish in the top four, shouldn't they? Because they've only yeah. played one game a week all season. <laughs> These are truth, though, isn't it? With, no, they it are, is, yeah. yeah. They've got, sure. they are, we've, we've, they've got some real star talent now, and Saka is one of the reasons for that. Um, he, his goal contributions of 11 goals, six assists, is one of those really weird stats is when people go, what are the top under 20s performers in Europe or whatever? He's tops all those lists because. He's real. He's got real end product now. And the thing that's impressed me most is when I when I've watched other England players this season, like Harry Maguire and Shaw, and and just to a lesser extent, even like Mount and things like that, and Kane. Um, they've come out of the Euros, and there's a real continental hangover. And when you consider what Saka went through with missing that penalty and how that could have affected his confidence to come back, spearhead a, a European push for the first time in God knows how long for Arsenal. And to play with like a, the level of maturity and quality that he plays is just a real testament to how good a player I think he is. And I think he's super deserving of this award. I think he's a brilliant player. I hate he plays for Arsenal. Yeah, I, I, my my picks appear to be quite Arsenal heavy, which I don't like. Yeah, cool. You have to see that. I don't tried forget. to not be too Arsenal biased, but I think I have ended up being quite Arsenal. Mate, don't forget, no one else but me can see them, so I can change them on the fly. <laughs> I like that. Let, so me, know I feel, Let me know I feel, what you change. I feel like if we're getting too pro Arsenal, I'm going to dive in there. I'll back um, it. You just text me. Stuff. All right. Um, so, I've got to be careful not to do what we did a few years ago, which is do a, a two-hour long podcast and put all the good awards at the start so no one had anything to listen to at the end. So, I think that's why people didn't hear it say Tom Cranwell was one of the, uh, the best <laughs> Um, Probably for the best, but you brought that to the start of this year's one, which is not great news. Um, <laughs> let's go for... Feels like the right time to talk about most improved. Yeah, let's stay on the uh, positive vibes. Yeah, so three cho- you've each got three choices here. Um, Ross, I'm going to start with you because it's a player... We've literally just talked about why. How do you think Saka's games improved this season? What's the bit you would point out? Uh, I think his end products, his crossing and uh, goal scoring, is the the real thing that's improved. Um, I think he, he got five or six last year, and he's got eleven goals, six assists. I don't, obviously you you guys just talked about him, but he's gone from being like a promising youngster to a a real star player. So. Um, yeah, Saka, I went with. Okay, right. Um, Mike? Yeah, uh, I had two, which was Conor Gallagher and uh, Ramsdale, I thought was a, another shout to throw in the mix, but I'm, I'm going with Gallagher, mm-hmm. given where he was at West Brom last year. Uh, he's come a long, long way to essentially be this well, alongside Zahar, but probably surpassing him, particularly the first half of the season, as, as Palace's best player in what we've already said is, is a more expansive Palace side that I predicted to go down. So, yeah, uh, he's had a pretty good season, to be fair. You didn't need to throw that out there. <laughs> I've just got to... Re- because occasionally I get things right, but a lot of the time we're really... Uh, I'm just so far from the mark, it's ridiculous. Uh, uh, eight goals, three assists for Palace. That's pretty. It's a pretty good return for a midfielder. He'll be back at Chelsea next year. I am pretty um, sure of that. For for what it's worth, Gallagher's my pick. 
Uh, and the reason being is I watched him play Arsenal. I watched Palace play Arsenal. And you know how, like, you know how, like, you know when people talk about dominating a game and they talk about, they particularly talk about, like, people like Xavi and Scholes of dominating the game by just control of the tempo and the way they, they move the football. And then there were, there's been other players, like, and I'm not comparing Gallagher to these players, like, I don't know, Yaya Torre and Kante, where they've, they've dominated it as much with their technique as with their just sheer physical nature. What Chin Gallagher play against Arsenal reminded me of just watching someone just completely take over a football match surely by work rate and just absolute just domination of players really like he was every time an Arsenal player turned around Gallagher was on their shoulder sniffing them it was ridiculous it was it was a hell of a performance and it just um it just really stuck with me and then when you think that last year he had a bit of a tough time at that um under under Big Sam, as anyone would, and now he looks like a real star player that's going to go back and play for one of the competition's biggest teams. So it just makes sense to me that he goes <laughs> like. You had to get that in there, didn't you? Uh, well, no, it's just it's it's there's a difference between playing for Chelsea or Man United or whatever than playing for fucking Crystal Palace, isn't there? As much as Dave likes Tyreek Mitchell, um, there's not but, much difference between play, playing for Palace and United at the moment. Let me no, tell no. you. There isn't. But I just thought Gallagher was um Gallagher has improved drastically, so that's who I'd have given it to. I mean, while on the subject, I had a strong look at Jared Bowen. He was my other pick. Yeah, I was one or two between mine. Are we not am I not getting to mention mine? No, yeah, no, you get to mention yours, but it made sense that Mike went second given that oh, okay. the win- the winner is Gallagher. But you do get to talk about yours because yours is a good, the fan favourite pick, I think. Do you want to do yeah, that? yeah, yeah. Um, mine is Joel Linton, actually. Go on. Mike's his biggest fan, but surprisingly, it's me that's gone for him. I mean, <laughs> Joel Linton, 40 million was seen as an absolute useless striker, waste of money, basically embarrassing. Like, not by everyone, <laughs> not by everyone, but most. The new for me, no, especially, especially Newcastle fans. And since Howe's come in, he's, he's dropped deeper into midfield and he's generally plays well there and he's become like a fan favourite. I mean, that's a pretty pretty remarkable turnaround. Everyone wanted him out of the club, used a striker, and now he's like one of the first names on the on the team sheet in midfield. So, yeah, he's my pick for most improved. He's turned into a bit of a cult player, hasn't he? Like the fans of the stands with like Joe Linton. Yeah. That jersey I was going to buy is going to cost me a lot more these days. <laughs>
going to move on to best newcomer. Okay. We all are, we all all right with this one. Yeah. So, who wants to go first and tell me their best newcomer? It's pretty it's similar. Um, I think three of us have gone for the same player, roughly. So, roughly? <laughs> yeah. Well, there's a couple of forwards <laughs> flashes in there. Dave, I think me, you and Ross are agreed on the player, but me and Ross might talk about other players. So, do you want to take it away? Yeah, I mean, there is someone else I'd like to maybe mention, but I think Louis Diaz uh, is the... Louis Diaz? Look, you've got to say Louis. You've got to say Louis instead of Lewis. Famously 21 years old. I don't know if you guys forget, but I said Louis. I've been saying them wrong the whole time, like Louis, Lewis. So I just thought I'd go with Louis instead of Louis Diaz. Sensational. Diego Simone over again. Exactly. You've got to keep it going. But no, um, Diaz has been brilliant really since he came in. I mean, Liverpool had a great front three. Yotta came in, was decent. And you think there's no way they can find someone else that can basically seamlessly fit into that team. And Diaz has come in and done that for me. So I'd, I'd have to say he's my best newcomer, really. I know Will's muted because he's laughing because I've also said Yotta. Again, <laughs> you've got to keep it going because I've always said yacht. That was great professionalism, Dave, because I was also in bits there. Uh, I actually was just muted because I was having a drink, but I would have laughed at that. Um, and Dave, on Diaz, um, what particularly about his game is, do you think is the most exciting thing about him? What, I why think, are you excited to look at him for the next couple I of years? Th- yeah, I think he's like... He's happy to run at run at people and take them on, which is obviously entertaining. But I think he's obviously he is twenty five, so he's not exactly young. So I think he shows his maturity. I think he makes pretty good decisions, uh, which obviously make makes him even more uh, sort of exciting to watch. Like Adama Traore, for example, has been exciting to watch, but you get pretty annoyed when he makes a wrong decision for the tenth time in ten minutes. So. Yeah, I think Diaz is exciting, takes people on. He's got real quality, but he makes the right decisions as well, uh, which is what Liverpool need in their front three. So, yeah, I think he's a great player. Okay. Yeah, I agree. I think he's really exciting. He's exactly the type of player you want to see come into the league. One that's really exciting. It's a shame he plays for Liverpool. Um, Ross, you've got... um, You've got Diaz as your winner, but you've also got a second one. I'm quite eager to hear what you think about. Yeah, so yeah, I think I think Diaz is who you have to go for. Um, but yeah, the other one I was looking at was Kulusevski at Spurs. Yeah. How much I hate to mention someone from Spurs. Um, he's coming in in January as well. Um, he's already one of the top assisters in the league. Yeah, haven't only been here for half a season. Got eight assists in 15 games. Three goals. Um, uh, I don't know if some of this is the fact that Lamella was the one who they were playing out there before and he was useless and they finally got a competent... Whether he's like the third the third wheel for Son and Kane, I don't know. But um, having someone of real quality out there on the other flank uh, who can also provide uh, some production. It's been massive for Spurs and they've been playing pretty well since he's come in um, after a bit of a tough run that they were in. So, I mean, it's much the same as Diaz, really, coming in January and provided a bit of a boost for his team. So, but I think 
Diaz is the winner. Mm -hmm. Mike, you're the only one who picked someone else. Who have you picked? Yeah, I've got it all wrong. It's definitely Diaz. I don't know what. I had picked uh, Bruno Gimaresh for Newcastle because I think he's had a similar pretty big impact up there, but it is hard to judge him, obviously, being next to such a good player in Joel Linton. Um, yeah, it's hard, hard to make a fair comparison. What a ridiculous statement. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, I think Diaz is, should be the winner. It's interesting, it was all January signing, so everyone had an absolute mare in the summer. No, I, I, you you I, could have gone for Ramsdale or someone. Here we go, let's do it. Let's do yeah, best signing. Have, let's, you'd let's, be wrong. Let's talk about it because I think there's loads of picks for signings, and um, I'm actually, and I might. I'm just, I'm quite surprised as to who's won. So Luis Diaz is, is according to Ross and Dave, the signing of the season, which, given the outlay and the fact he's only been here for six months, feels a bit daft to me. So do you two want to explain why you think he's definitely got to be the signing of the season? Um, yeah, I, I think obviously he's come in, he's got clear quality. I mean, to be honest, if Kulazewski wasn't alone, I know they're expecting him to make it to make him permanent. I feel if Kulazewski had been permanent for what is it they're talking like 20 25 million, he would take this for me. But obviously, yeah, at the moment he's on loan, and obviously, you'd, you'd hope Spurs make that permanent. But at the as a January signing, he was only a loan deal, so. I think Diaz obviously is an exciting player to come into the league. His quality's there. Um, and obviously with Mane getting older, same with Salah, their contract situations, um, I think it's obviously he's a good player, but I think in terms of a player they managed to get in, it's like the perfect fit for Liverpool. And obviously being 25 is a bit of longevity there. So I think that's why he's my signing of the season. Um, as much as his actual performances, just how well he fits what they're looking to build and what they're looking for already. That's, that's why he takes it for me. They paid market price for him and they only had, they've only had him for six months. Is he that much of a better signing than some of the other ones in the league? That that's I mean, they were 14 points behind City at one point and they haven't lost in a game that he's played in the Premier League. So, given... Obviously, it's looking like the City are going to have it, but um, to be pulled back into a position where they're in a, with a real chance of winning it, I think he's been a huge part of that. And as you say, you thought Jota was the one who'd come and upset the apple cart with the uh, front three, but it's looking like Diaz is, well, not the first one you'd pick out of them, but difficult to leave out every week for sure. Okay. Um, uh, do you want to go first, Mike, or shall I go? I don't mind. I've gone for uh, Guayi at Palace. Yeah, go on. Um, well, he's gone in there, and I think he's the he's the skipper now, isn't he? He this is. is pretty amazing at, at his age. Um, I'm sure Will can speak to this a little bit, but Chelsea clearly made it a gaff letting him go. What a fucking horror show! <laughs> uh, what was the fee? Do you know the fee, Will? About thirty, was it? Yeah, it's about thirty. Thirty mil, yeah. That, to me, look, looks like a bit of a steal for the sort of player that they've got there. He's only 21, so he's got tons of football ahead of him. Really good character. Um, and, yeah, it, it, part of it is also he's been there for the whole season, so he's been performing week in, week out. Um, for a pretty good Palace team, to be fair. 
I've, I've been really impressed with him, to be honest. Really, really impressed. The thing I like about him is he's, um, he's obviously he's good on the ball because that's kind of what they that's kind of what they do at Cobham. I think if you watch any of the Chelsea youth kind of defenders, they're all pretty good and comfortable on the ball. But the thing is, that's impressive with me him about about him is his his ability to get stuck in when things are going poorly like I know it's outside of I know it's outside of the realm of choosing them for this but I think back to the semi-final game in the FA Cup where everything else was going a bit shit for Palace but where he was playing really really well and I just think that shows his character which is thing and I think that's why he's a really good interesting shout I mean I thought about Conor Gallagher here again because he was free but I just feel like it should probably be a signing in which case I'm going to go for Jose Sarr because mm. if you want to talk about fee Eight million euros, so dirt cheap. And Wolves this season, if it wasn't for, they look fairly good, but if it wasn't for Jose Sarr, we'd be talking about Wolves as having a really, really disappointing season. Like his goalkeeping yeah. stats, the goals he's prevented is ludicrous. And to get him when he was fairly unheralded, a knockdown price, and then to be arguably a player of the season, I think he's to me feels like a, a no brainer signing of the season. Um, I've still never heard of him. No, and that's the thing like, uh, you get we, I got there because, because let's be honest, lads, no one watches Wolves, do they? Because they're dull, they're dull, they are. Um, I don't watch Wolves, but he, <coughs> he's been phenomenal, yeah. Yeah, and you get, get there halfway through the season, you start hearing Jose Sarr, Jose Sarr. You're like, does he play for Brighton? Because he feels like a Brighton player. But he's been superb for them, absolutely phenomenal. And I just, I, th- I think, I think I should have to think where they'd be without him. Um, yeah, okay. But democracy that's, is democracy. Yeah, that was a great pick. That's actually a really good shout. Seven mil. That's Mike, crazy. if you want to join me, what we can do is we can really muck up the Lewis Diaz thing and then I'll be the tiebreaker and we'll just look at that. We'll filibuster. Yeah, all right. Jose Sarr it is. Look at that. Jose Sarr signing of the season. I'm on board with it. Oh, fine. we've got a third. Look at that. Come on. Yeah. Golf claps, everyone. Golf claps. I'm not sure how I had... I had Lewis Diaz shortlisted for signing of the season but not for newcomer of the season. I don't know what I was doing. <laughs> For what it's worth, I think if I think if Lewis Diaz had come in the summer, um, I don't well, think it would have, I don't think there would have been a contest, would there? No, no, it wouldn't have been close. I don't think. Even even with <laughs> even taking into account the fee and all that, because he he looks like an absolute star. Um, <laughs> here we go then. We're signing. Three of us are agreed here. Um, this is the T-Boy Bakayoko Memorial Award, named after his performance at Watford away. Um, <laughs> Dave, take it away. You're the only one who's picked someone different here. Please. You're joking. You've got the floor. For for worse signing, yeah? Yeah, uh-huh. go on. Oh, I've gone for Jack Grealish just because he was 100 million. <laughs> and he's he's not really looked like fitting into the, the team. At first, when he was in the team, they were trying to like regiment him. Obviously, he wasn't really fitting in. He was sort of overlapping on the left wing with Sterling and whoever was playing fullback. And then they were like, Pep was like, okay, maybe I'll try and let him do more of his own thing, which just was chaos in the middle or wherever he was playing. And he's just, I know Pep rotates, but it very much feels like Green. I know he has a rotation, but Greenish definitely is not in like his first choice rotation, it feels like. 
he's not really nailed down the starting starting eleven spot, and for a hundred million, I mean, yeah, I've, that's what I've gone for. Um, I was, yeah, I think I mentioned before this. I can't wait to think that I'm the one, the person who's the part of the three worst signing, but actually I'm the one. Turns out I'm the one, so I'm intrigued to hear um, you guys say. And I realise, oh my god, I'm so thick. Wait. <laughs> oh well, I'm never going to change it. Change it. Change it. I'm on the well, full time on Jack Grealish because he hasn't had the season, but. Mike, yeah, I'm, why why do you think Grealish isn't the worst signing? Is it a case of you think it's perhaps a bit unfair because we know Pep sometimes takes a while to get them climatized? Yeah, quite often it does take about a season. I think he'll he's going to be pretty good there, and I, and I know he missed a couple of chances and it wasn't in the Premier League, which is how we do this award. But <clears throat> he looked decent against uh, Real Madrid. Um, and Dave's just messaging the chat saying he's thick <laughs> because he's missed the the obvious one. Um, but yes, I don't th- I don't think it's fair yet to say Grealish is a failure. Um, I think if after next season, which obviously he wouldn't qualify for this award next season, but if he, if he has another season like this, then you can start to get a bit worried about the fee and the why is he not playing every week? We'll call it the. But, Tango and Dobbley award for the player you're still hoping works out. Yeah. Player you haven't given up on, I think, is what. Just for the points of that, mine is still Del Horner. Um, I guess the floor is mine for this one. Yeah, you go. Uh, it's Romelu Lukaku is the worst signing of the season. Ninety-seven and a half million was supposed to come in. Was supposed to come in and spearhead a Chelsea title charge, which fell apart for multiple of reasons, which isn't actually to do with Lukaku. The reason why the wheels started coming off at the start, however, was made much worse by the fact that he has failed to adapt to what the club wants of him. Um, has shown no indication that he should learn what the club wants him to do and instead expects the champions of Europe to turn around and change what they do to better fit him. He's spat at people in the press. He doesn't seem to be playing anymore. He scored two goals at the weekend, but whenever he plays, Chelsea looks stilted. And yeah, he's been a massive disappointment. Massive disappointment. I'd say that as someone who enjoys Romelu Lukaku and enjoys his game, but... Chelsea look better without him, and I think this is already a very, very, very expensive mistake and shows you all the problems with Chelsea's recruitment. Just think of that, that's five Mark Gerhies. That is wild. Unbelievable. 97 million, that is horrendous. I did just want to mention uh, Vestergaard as well. Oh, he's really good, though. Is he? <laughs> he, he has been historically bad at Leicester. I mean, they're playing Daniel Abati at centre half instead of playing him. That's where we are. Right, Luke Lukaku seven goals in twenty four games, but and he still comes to be the worst signing of the team. Like five of them are against Wolves and Villa. Like you know, like he, wow. he's. he's he hasn't even scored against like the Norwiches of the world, like the ones where Chelsea needs to be a flat track bully. And you look at the number of draws Chelsea have got this year. That the, that's the reason they have Lukaku is to turn those draws into wins, and it just hasn't worked out. So he's only scored in like five games, hasn't he? Yeah. Oof. He has scored against Graham Potter's Brighton. So 
best team in the league. Uh, yeah, pretty unanimous, I think, on Lukaku. I just, yeah. I, just a, a, a right stinker. Hopefully, he comes good, but I can't see it me. Cannot see it me. So, those are your signings in your new cast. Your newcomers done. Let's, should we? We're flying through now, lads. We're flying through. Let's do most disappointing team. Um, unanimous. Mike, you can the award and we'll move on. <laughs> it's Man U. Okay. Do you want to talk about them? No. <laughs> if, you want, if you want our thoughts on Man United, go listen to last week's episode where we have a big long rant about it. No, two weeks ago, we have a big long rant about it. And it's only got worse since. No, I didn't say on the pod because it only happened at the weekend. I actually smiled when the fourth goal went in. That's where I'm at at the weekend. So that's where I am. With Man <laughs> they were walking. Atrocious. <laughs> it was atrocious. I, uh, I was annoyed. Anyway, um, let's move on. Best goal. Three of us picked the same one. Mike picked something different. Dave. Goal of the season for you, what is it? Yeah, Kovacic versus Liverpool. I mean, the technique on, on the strike was outrageous. The way he adjusted himself for a volley, dipped in from outside the box. Yeah, as soon as I thought of this award, it was the only goal that really came to mind for me. Brilliant goal. I have no idea how it went in. It's one of those where you're thinking, no, 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 when he's about yeah, to hit it. I was it. expecting it to hit Rosad, but then it... Yeah, he's never. not exactly prolific, is he? No, I, I mean he scored like four four goals ever in his career, and then to hit this one to basically get Chelsea back into it uh, in what was a secretly important game, I think for both Chelsea and Crucial because it came right off Lukaku's comments. Um, so it was quite an important goal and important moment, and then it's just a ridiculous strike. It's just one of those goals that you watch it and you've got your hand on your head. You're like, I can't believe what I've just seen. So, yeah. I, I, for me, the goal of the season for me. I can't look past it. Probably because it's in my side. But, Mike, in terms of pure quality of the goal, I mean, you've gone in a different way. What's your one? Yeah, I, I really like a team goal. That's that's my, that's my just personal preference. That's why I've gone for this goal. It's uh, Lacazette against Southampton. Um, yeah. The ball starts with Ramsdale. In his own box, they play their way out, um, and South, it's not like Southampton aren't pressing them. They are really pressing them. It's pretty much one touch, um, nine passes front to back, uh, and the ball's in the back of the net. It's, it's a great goal. <clears throat> it really is a nice goal. I can appreciate the Kovacic goal, but like I say, I, I like a team goal. Oh, I could have thrown a spanner in the works. That was my second uh, pick. We could have had a. I guess we would have tie-breaking it for Kovacic. But... I did I did also want to mention the Salah one against Man City. Yeah, the Salah one for Man City was my second. Yeah. And the Lacazette one I, I really liked too. Um, the Salah one was where, in that period where he looked like the second coming of Lionel Messi and this was like one of the most Messi-esque goals I've ever seen. He yeah, it really was. An absurd goal where he just beats multiple players and just puts it out. It's ridiculous. Um, yeah, I also... in one of the biggest games of their season too. Like what oh, that yeah. meant as well. It's, it's crazy. Incredible. Um, I also wanted to shout out a couple of other ones. I quite enjoyed uh, Rodri versus Everton. Do you guys remember that? Great. Yeah, great story. Yeah. And I also enjoyed Havertz versus Newcastle. Which yeah, is all about the touch from Havertz, which is ridiculous. Um, just something about it I really enjoyed. But none of them I don't think hand a candle, hold a candle to. Um, Kovacic is one. 
just because it's cappuccino. Oh, he couldn't hit a barn door with a fridge, mate. Okay. All right, so where are we going now? We've got quite a few big awards to give us. Let's get through this next one. Wazak of the year, there is a clear winner here. Dave, who have you gone for? Uh, I'm going for Danny Alley. Uh, I mean... It's a good shout. It is a good shout. He's had three managers in two different clubs, not not like him. I mean, Nuno, Conte and Frank Lampard. I mean, I think everyone's hopes for Deli Ali have declined rapidly over the last few years, but you'd think he'd at least make some sort of impact at Everton. You literally can't even get in their team. Uh, so he's my Wazak of the year. Clearly, he's just useless. Doesn't train well, doesn't play well. What's the point? Expertly put, Dave. Um, Ross is <laughs> of the year because, as he said, how can we give out this award to anyone other than Dave? Mike, that's of the year for you. Who yeah, I've got, I've gone for Eddie Howe. Why have you gone for Eddie Howe? <laughs> yeah, this might come a little bit as a surprise to some listeners, or maybe not. But uh, let's just let's start with Tuchel at. Chelsea has been asked some very difficult questions about the ownership and everything that's going on uh, there over recent months and has, being the man who has to face the media, has actually answered the questions and you actually get a decent answer from him. Uh, Eddie Howe just sits there. Similar questions about the ownership there, of course, uh, but slightly different, obviously. Um, but he gets fielded in press conferences and he just says, I'm here to talk about football. That just, to me, sorry, sorry that just doesn't cut for me. This is, this is why I've um, given him Wazak of the Year too. Um, let, I mean, I, I, I've got some sympathy that, particularly with Tuchel, with all the stuff that's gone on. And I thought this during the Super League too, where I'm like, but how... That's the point. That's my point about why yeah. Teddy how. How is it... How is it in English football, like if this happened in Germany, the club director would speak, like, and eventually they got Peter Check to speak for Chelsea, um, and all the turmoil there, and he handled that quite well too. Cool, but Eddie Howe, for me, the thing is, I've got sympathy for Eddie Howe, but the way Eddie Howe deals with it, and by just turning around, and when, when they, I remember when they asked him about the, the, I don't know how many people were executed on the day or something, but it was a, it was a. I mean, one's a really high number, but it was an extremely high number. And he just, he was just like, I'm here to talk about the football. I'm here to talk about the football. I'm just the football manager. And I'm like, the lack of acknowledging them is doing exactly what they want in this situation. Um, and that's not to say anything's perfect. I mean, I'm not going to sit here and tell you that I can be the most robust against sport watching, given who I'm a fan of. But I do think that, I I would have hoped I would have expected more from Eddie Howe. Is what I was. Yeah, I, 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 like, I don't know if I'm wrong to expect more from the football manager, but I just feel like Tuchel's done a pretty good job of it, and I don't think that Howe has done enough. <clears throat> yeah, I, I I agree, and I, I I get what you're saying, but uh, Tuchel was in a stronger sort of position to be able to say things potentially. You could say. Won the Champions League. Job was not under any kind of. Yeah, or... yeah. yeah, but that's that stuff wasn't happening before he won the Champions League, was it? The... No, 
he was at, he was put in the position of talking for the club last year on a couple of things as well. And I get we I get we and Eddie Howe had just been hired. To be fair, I hadn't been there very long. But you know, but if you take that job, you know you're going to get asked these questions. You, you've got to know what's coming. Yeah, no, I do agree. Yeah, I, I back it. I just, I, I do. And I'm not asking him to condemn. But I don't think we're asking. Him to, don't I mean, they've just hired him as he's supposed. To, obviously, it is terrible what's going on. But I'm not asking him to sit. Up there. He's stuck in a bit of a, a, a spot. I'm, Expecting him to do. I don't think either of us are expecting him to go up, to sit up there and say, "This is disgusting. This is disgusting. What they're doing." But to not acknowledge the problems is help. Is the is the problem? Like even even Tuchel did not say that Rom, Roman Abramovich's connections with President Putin, given what's going on in Ukraine, was a problem. He didn't say that. What he did say was that he did address that there was a situation, and I think that's. For the whole idea of sports washing is that you're able to use these projects and you're able to have these connections with the regime and you're not completely connected, so you're clear of all the, the dodgy stuff. But basically, it, it gives them the opportunity to clean their image. And by buying, by Eddie Howe buying into the concept of that they are separate entities and he is just here for football and he is just here to take the money from them and put it into the football team, is buying into that dangerous. Mantra. If he'd said obviously, if he'd said something as simple as obviously that is a, that is a terrible situation and it is something that needs to be looked at or something, that's that's pretty innocuous and he could have said something like that. And again, we might be being harsh, but that is what I think needs to happen in that situation. Yeah. Look at the uh, maybe left Newcastle for the pictures they take every game after a dressing room. What the fuck is it's a bit tragic, isn't it? I don't care about it. I don't do what they like. Well, that's because your team celebrates the draw at Wolves. <laughs> oh, no, no, it, was, it, was, it wasn't actually, a draw, actually. It was a win. Wazik of the year goes to the celebration. Celebrating winning a match against the yeah. most good Oh, I've had enough of this. But Gabby and Bogglehorn's the Gabby and Bogglehorn, Wazik of the year. There you are. Jason, he, he could easily be every year. I'm on board with Anyone that. who's appeared on TalkSport. Talk Jake Humphreys, he's got to be The entire TalkSport staff. Aaron Fletcher, Steve McMahon, but there's so many. I could have had so many here. That's a great point. The BT commentary team. Um, sorry, Mark, I'm overruling you. It's Jake Humphreys for um, inventing podcasting. Um, <laughs> despite having terrible GCSE results, as he tells us every year. He's like, oh, I got a UD and E. I'm like, Jake, you're from Norwich. We all expected this. Okay, let's move on. We've lost the Norwich crowd. Uh, They haven't got internet either, so they can't hear this. Um, Dave, (laughs) Unsung Hero, uh, talk me who you've got for this category. Uh, I struggle with this, to be honest. I mean, in every big big team, I feel like, even if you feel someone's unsung, people are speaking about them, but Mine was just Mares, to be honest. I mean, Man City have been great this season. Uh, I don't know. I, I find unsung hard because is anyone really unsung these days? But I just feel maybe Mares isn't the the key focus of this City team, and he's been brilliant whenever he's played. People focus on De Bruyne, Bernardo, uh, Foden. I think he's been good, but I don't know. Maybe Mares is getting loads of praise. 
we joined don't get deeply philosophical in the middle of that is anyone really unsung anymore <laughs> Yeah, are they? I mean, he is City's top scorer, isn't he? I think this year. I do think there is something to it that Mares's contribution to City season perhaps been a little bit overlooked by a lot of people, including City fans. But I don't think he's. You're like to Mares what Dave's like to Tyreek Mitchell. That's what this is. (laughs) What a Mares stand. Yeah, I absolutely am. And it's not even the most unsung on their to their team. Who, Rodri? Yeah, Rodri or Cancelo, even. Cancelo, no, Cancelo is, is not. Very Cancelo sucked. is sucked. He's, he's sucked about him. He is drunk, singing Careless Whisper in a karaoke bar, mate. <laughs> he is sucked. Um, Ross, your pick for this. Uh, yeah, I went for... I mean, you, there's loads of options, as Dave said, potentially. Uh, I went Trossard for Brighton. This and is I the one Brighton I like on this part. This is the one um, He's scored eight goals this season, and we've talked about Brighton struggled to put the ball in the back of the net. Um, three assists as well, um, and he's a really important part of how Potter wants to play. Um, yeah, um, he's great on the ball, um, and I feel like people don't talk about him. So, unsung hero, Leandro Trossard. I like that. He's a good player who flies under the radar. Um, like every time you see Trossard play, you think to yourself, "Oh, he's good." It's a tidy little player. Um, Mike, for you, who have you picked? I've gone for Matip. Okay, why Matip? Well, everyone talks about Van Dijk, but there's actually quite a good player next to him as well. I like that, to be fair. <clears> I like that. I, I think Robertson. he's pretty unsung. Andy Robertson exists, but he's he has so to play between them. Yeah, you're right, to be fair. Everyone talks about the other three in the back four. And people don't really no talk about ever Matip. Ever the other... Yeah, Matip. So, and I think he's still a pretty good player. He's mm-hmm. clearly not on the level of Van Dijk. I think he's actually taken a step up this season as well, Matip. He's been really Yeah, I think so. And also, he's been available. And you know what they say, you've got to be there to play football. <laughs> 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 That's the quote they said. It's like, the best, the best sub it is availability. Best That's definitely availability. an unsung, unsung quote there. It definitely is an unsung <laughs> I wish it was an unsaid. You've got to be there. There we are. <laughs> you this day, not wrong. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, <laughs> so, someone's got to pick that category. Um, and uh, it's Mahrez. Oh, <laughs> you can't. Oh, no, it's, well, it's not Mahrez. I'm going to give it to Trossard because Brighton have to come hey. out of the middle of the Thanks, guys. Yeah, but is anyone unsung? That's what I'll leave you with. Like an hour and ten minutes into this conflict. Uh, when there's at least ten football Twitter accounts dedicated to every player these days. I don't think so. I've never, I've never seen the, the Trossard tickle. There's <laughs> definitely some Trossard fan accounts. Oh, I see Basuma fan accounts and I'm always like, oh, that's not aged well. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, uh, manager of the year, and then we've got the actual team. And well, well sorry, on that, on that, there's Al Capitano. Trossard is going us to the Europa League. I mean, that's that's a Trossard stand right there. There's also okay. uh, at, at Trossardinho on there. Oh, like oh, no. I can't believe football Twitter's magical, mate. <laughs> Trossard um, season? Oh, what a... All right, all right, all right. Dave... 
obviously you're renowned for hating Eddie Howe, but you voted for him for manager of the year. Yeah, I, I really don't. This. I really don't like giving these awards to someone that's only there for half a season. But I mean, at the end of the day, so why do it? Well, if, if you're willing to let me explain, though. I mean, when he took over, they were bottom of the league, 14 points. They they were absolutely no hopers. Like, everyone thought they were down, and he's come in. Like, yes, they had, obviously, the, the change of ownership that allowed him to go out and spend a bit of money, but there wasn't, you know, there wasn't any huge... Yeah, I, admittedly, yeah, it's a decent chunk of money, but in the grand scheme of football, I mean, in the Premier League, that's not necessarily a crazy amount of money to spend on, what was it, like five players? Four or five players? Um, yeah, and obviously, they since he took over, they've been they've been fantastic. They've climbed up the league. They're a solid team, uh, and I know they did get dismantled by Man City at the weekend, but no on the whole, that's they're not, yeah, exactly. On the whole, they're a much harder team to to take on. They'll give you a game, and when he took them over, they were everyone was wanting to play them every week because they're pretty much guaranteed three points. And I think moving forward, uh, I'm actually quite interested to see what he can do with them in the whole season. So, I did think of Moyes, but West Ham have just... I, I do like West Ham with Moyes, but they've they've sort of fallen off a lot lately. Uh, and yeah, I came I came with Howe, to be honest. I mean, same with Bruno uh, at Wolves. I thought about him, but they've just declined massively in the last few months. So, yeah. There's a few so, worthy mentions, but I'm going to already have. So, is it a case of him dragging them out of the depths? I mean, and they were deservedly down there because they've got they had a, they had an okay squad, and they yeah, were but, by Steve Bruce, and then they yeah, had ninety millions worth of talent on top of that in January. Yeah, but I mean, ninety million comprising of Trippier, who's getting old, Dan Burn. I mean, Trippier, Bruno Cabello is a good signing. being an important player in the champion, Spanish champions. Dan Byrne was one of the better defenders for Brighton who had a really good defensive record. And Bruno Gimmerich was linked with us. Yeah, he's a good signing. But still, the, the style of football they were playing when he took on that squad and how deflated they were. Yes, they've added a couple of players. But do you not think he's totally transformed their season? Yeah, and he's got them to play good football. He's totally... Oh, he's, yeah, after getting pictures, if I'm honest. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but I mean, he's totally changed the way they play. And it's impressive that he, he has managed that. Whether And it's not Howe's fault that he's been allowed to spend money, is it? No, no, they no. They made it work. That's so not... That's, not, that's why I'm, I'm putting down. It's not It's not deflating his job. It's just It's just the fact that there are things you take into account and the fact he's only been there for, what, six months when you... Looking at what is a full season award has taken apart loads of context. I mean, the guy, the guy, for interest, the guy who wins this award based on two of the people's here picks, he spent a lot of money in the summer, but he's been he's there the whole season. He's also instituted a style of play and he's changed what is a questionable mentality. But he's done it over twelve months, well, less than twelve months, but you know what I mean. 
Yeah, fair enough. I just wanted to put how forward. I think how how is actually in with a half decent shout for this. Yeah, I, I no, stop yeah. this bullshit. Dave just wanted to turn around and change the narrative on Eddie Howe. He's been bullying him for years. There was a cease and desist from Howe's lawyer, and Dave was just like, right, <laughs> this year on the end of the round awards, I'm going to remove all the context. Next year, I'll be voting for Graham Potter. So, <laughs> well, he will be when Brighton are in the Champions League next year. Grandpa will be first, let me tell you. We'll all be worried. Go on then, who wins it? Which one of you wants to tell me? Well, I think Rush should do it. This as it goes. No, I neither. Mighty Mikel. What a manager. Mikel Arteta. I feel a bit sick, to be honest. I might vote for Eddie Ham. Yeah. Does, does anyone want a club with me and vote Bruno Lager in? Uh, I will do it. Oh, you can't. Oh, you just can't. So why is it, why should why should we stick with Arteta, Ross? Why why is the job he's done this year so impressive and more impressive than the other countless talented managers have might have had to play more than once a week? I mean, yeah, we've only played once a week. Yeah, I mean, I'd rather not be in European competition than be playing in the Conference League. To be fair. Um, I mean, obviously, yes, it's been easier for Arsenal, but Spurs have been out of Europe for... They didn't get out of the group, so they've been out of Europe for a fair old while now as well. Um, in Europe. Yeah, I mean, they failed to get out of the Europe Conference League group. Like, um, I mean, it's his second full season, although we finished the uh, 19-20 season as well. <laughs> I thought we got some Spurs slather in there, as if Nuno yeah. Conte <laughs> was up for this award. Uh, Nuno certainly wasn't up for it, I'll tell you that. But oh, You brought it up with the one game a, a week. <clears throat> um, so, yeah, so they finished eighth last year with 61 points. Eighth the year before with 56 points. They've already got 66 this year. And to be in a position where it's completely in our control with fourth. Um, yeah, as you say, as you said, uh, Will, Arteta's also really changed the um, the attitude around the club which was a bit really in question, even to the latter, to the latter Wenger years. Um, he's got rid of a lot of Deadwood players. Bamming was probably the big name at the club. Um, he didn't fit the uh, what Arteta wanted, so he got rid of him and um, yeah, trimmed down the squad to players that he really um, felt could make a difference. And you can see with like El Nenny and players like that, you thought... Might not have had, to part, had a part to play. I've been really good. Um, yeah, they, I mean, a lot of money was spent, as you said, as well. Um, but the signings all hit and they were, well, we're not talking about Nuno Tavares. Um, pretty much that's, all hit. You should be talking about Nuno Tavares because that's his best case for being manager of the year. He's get, maybe getting a top four with Nuno Tavares playing at the other games because he is a fucking disaster. I mean, we've, like Chelsea, we've been without one of our two fullbacks for at least for most of the fair amount of the season. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, eighth to fourth. Um, yeah. And I think, yeah, just the the change in the mood around the club as well is a massive thing. The, the most, yeah, and that is the thing for me, the most important part of Arteta's case is that they lost three on the bounce earlier on and then they won three on the bounce despite having injury problems and Arsenal even two years ago don't do that and I, 
I still have I still have questions about Arteta. I still have questions about some of his some of the things he does. But I do think it's been really impressive, um, and I, I do think he's a good candidate for this. I do th- the thing is with this award is there's a lot of good candidates, um, and it's just it's just how do you want to go? Because I know when I went to I think you were picking Arteta too, Mike, right? I mean, I'm kind of out on it, but yeah, that is still because because I was I, I thought about I thought about Bruno Lage, and I do think he's done a good job, but I can't get past the fact that without Jose Sarr's incredible performance, that season looks a bit different. So it just feel a bit weird. I thought about picking Potter, but I feel like although this is Brighton's best ever finish, we've seen this before. So I just wanted to give a shout out to Patrick Vieira. Yeah. Because yeah, we do that too. Yeah, smart recruitment, but it, take, it can't be underestimated how stagnant Palace were, and how we all feel about Palace now. And I know we don't. I know it's a Premier League award, but also they they had a cup run as well, didn't they? So in thinking about in terms of the job and the transform transformation he's made of the place, I, I think he's a he, I think he's a good shout, and I just want to shout him out. But nice that one of those clubs actually took that. They took a cup seriously. Yeah. Come on, United. Oh, fuck them. <laughs> <laughs> Arteta's manager of the year, though. The Graham Potter uh, love? No? Uh, Graham Potter's up there, but... like. I nearly, I nearly picked him. He's, I, nearly, I nearly picked him, too. He's phenomenal. We know how good he is. And it's a case yeah. of show us something new, Graham. You know? Just buy a bloody striker, Graham. I, I did enjoy. I did enjoy the moment in the United game where they ran a set for a volley, an audacious volley from Danny Welbeck, and I'm like, I was like, that is Graham Potter is wasted at this club. Wasted. He has got a lovely chip to be. <laughs> Get him, oh, Harry. Get him, Harry Kane. Okay. Unsung right. hero, Danny Welbeck. Actual no. It, no, no. Unspoken hero, Danny Welbeck. Um, draw down to the actual XI of the year. Um, goalkeeper's a two-horse race. Um, although I've got your picks, um, it's either Alisson or Jose Sarr. Um, I, it's currently two for Jose Sarr, two for Alisson. Um, can anyone give a compelling case as to why Alisson should be in the team of the year as over Jose Sarr? Um, I mean, I've voted for Alisson personally, but I mean, if I do really take into account the impact of the keeper, I mean, I'm happy to go with Saar. I mean, oh, we'll yeah. be nowhere without him. I picked Alisson too, but get Saar in for him. Yeah, the only reason I went for Alisson is I feel like, obviously, he's got a lot of clean sheets, as you'd expect for a Liverpool keeper, but he has made a decent amount of saves. I feel like he's made some important saves, but yeah. I mean, yeah. Get Saren. Sar has literally got wolves to where they are. So I'm I'm dropping my Allison for Sar, to be honest. And this, this is not a case of us saying that Sar's a better keep, a better player than Allison because Allison's hugely important to the way Liverpool play that high line and his ability. He's the best one on one keeper in the world. It, it, which is he's an unbelievable player. But Jose Sar, the things he's done this year are um, absolutely incredible. So on the onto the defence, lads, and I've tallied up your picks. We are unanimous on two players. In the defence, um, we've all picked Trent. We've all picked Virgil Van Dijk. 
Dave picked Robertson at left back. Me, the other three have picked Cancelo at left back. Uh, Dave has picked. Ooh, okay. I didn't go with Tran actually. Oh no, sorry. Dave picked Cancelo, so Cancelo was unanimous. You know what I mean, though. Dave picked Matip as the other centre half. Ross picked Ruben yeah, Diaz as the other centre half. But in there with two picks is Rudiger. Me and yeah. my brother, Rudiger is in. Yeah. Um, Cancelo, we'll start with Cancelo. Um, not the world's greatest positional defender, but absolutely key to what City has done. Who wants to talk to me about him? He's just class. He's, he's perfect fullback for their for their the way they play. He's just yeah. perfect. I mean, it says a lot that he, he's playing out of position basically, and he's still going to make team of the team of the year in the wrong position. Pretty wild, isn't it? We haven't seen that since 2014, and Cesar Azpilicueta, he was doing something completely different to what Jack Cancelo's doing. He was no, just stood there. Matt Doxley made the 11. <laughs> <laughs> Go, he didn't make the 11, did he? That is true. Um, Dave, so you've got Cancelo playing right back, and you've got Robertson in, so I just wanted to talk to you about that decision. Did you, do you, is this a case if you think Cancelo, you were just being very positionally secure and you thought to yourself, Cancelo is a right back by trade, he has to go in at right back or did you, yeah. were you trying to get Robertson in? Yeah, I mean it's a bit of both, I wanted to put Robertson, Robertson in at left back and also I thought Cancelo I guess, I know he's played left back a fair amount of times this season, I do still see him more as out and out being a right back I guess out of the two, so that was why I got them both into my team to be honest it was more me wanting to put Cancelo in anyway, but then putting him at right back to accommodate Robertson, I guess. So that's why I put him there. Cool. Um, that's fair enough. Um, yeah, Mike and Ross, there. Trent, though. Um, talk to me about Trent. I mean, Ross, you, you've always said to me that you think Trent does things that no other English player does. You've said that before. So... Kind of talk to me about Trent and why you think he's so important to Liverpool. Um, well, it's it's his uh, delivery from set pieces and crosses. I, I don't think there's anyone in the league who crosses like whenever he's if, when you're playing Liverpool and he's got the ball, you're worried when you give away a free kick or a corner or anything. You know he can put it into the right area. And although I don't think he's the greatest defender, I do think it's become a bit. People are now saying he's worse than worse than perhaps he is, but um, for his offensive production, I think it's really difficult to to leave him out. Yeah, I kind of like what Dave did actually, but I was just picking where they've been playing. But I, I do kind of like what Dave did moving Cancelo across. I, I don't think Robertson's been better than Trent. Yeah, so that becomes the debate, and I I would lean Trent. I think. Yeah. But I like the idea. I mean, it was tough, to be fair, because Robertson's also had another a guy season going forward. And then they've got Simicast behind him, who probably walks into every... <laughs> to near enough every other left-back spot in the league. I wish we had a backup like him, a left-back crush. Oh. <laughs> Nuno Tavares, how close was he to the starting 11? Eh? But we, we've started playing <laughs> anyone. Like, Jacques has been at left-back, Tommy Arsu, Cedric, anyone's been out there and stuff. Yeah, I can't believe he's Good player. He's player. Tavares wouldn't even make the championship eleven. Good grief. 
No, he's he's really bad. Yeah. <laughs> right. Um, only of the unanimous one at the defence is Virgil van Dijk. We don't need to labour the point here, other than simply to say they struggled last year at Liverpool, and since they've had Virgil van Dijk back from his uh, whatever his awful injury was, they are into the Champions League final, the FA Cup final. Um, second in the Premier League, and they've won a Carabao Cup. So that tells you about the impact of that man. He's a peerless defender, and I think as long as he's fit, he's in this. That feel like a fair summary? Yep. We're all a bit undecided on the last centre-half. I looked at Diaz, I looked at Matip, I looked at Thiago Silva, and I looked at Rudiger, and in the end, I landed on Rudiger just because I thought... If there's a, we talked about earlier when we talked about Conor Gallagher about dominating a game with your physicality. Rudiger dominates games by the fact he's a mad bastard, and he is the type of player I think everyone would hate playing against. Um, and that's why he's kind of in. Um, Mike, you also picked him. Why? Why did you, you lean to him over some of the other great candidates? I think contract year so it's smart for him. <laughs> yes, year, I like that. He has been excellent all year. Um, and I never really saw it before. And this season, I've really seen what all the hype about Rudiger is and why some of the biggest clubs in the world are going to be chasing him this summer um, when he, by the looks of it, inevitably leaves Chelsea. It's a shame because he's a real character in the Premier League. I miss him. Um, Ross, Diaz, you picked. Um, why Diaz? Um, but he's had another really good season. Uh, he's pretty much taken on the captain's armband as well this year for Man City um, and yeah he's been a real leader for them perhaps not been quite as good as he was last year but still an absolute monster at the back of City fair assessment. fair assessment really good player um, Dave Matt, quickly on Matip was it a case where you wanted to keep that really good partnership together uh, not necessarily I, I mean I think Matip him, himself has been exceptional this year um, and I think at times he's, you know, everyone's seen Van Dijk has been absolutely miles ahead of anyone that could play next to him in that Liverpool team, really. But I think Matip's really not that far behind him. So, yeah, I've, I think Matip's been excellent this year. Yeah, agreed. Um, so we're going to move on to midfield now, which is really difficult to work out because some idiot, me, played one of the people who's a lock in midfield at centre-forward. So he's having to change things around on the fly, just go, whatever happens. Um, the only unanimous player we've all got is Kevin De Bruyne. Yeah. But the other two midfield slots are taken up by Declan Rice and Bernardo Silva. Um, before we move on, I just want to go around and get each of your picks for midfield so everyone knows who we pick. Dave, can we start with you? Who are your three picks? Uh, yeah, I had gone with Fabinho, but I've, I've changed that. So mine's De Bruyne, Rodri and Mason Mount. Mm-hmm. Um, Mike, who are your three picks? Uh, Gallagher, De Bruyne and, and Rice. Mm-hmm. And Ross, who are your three picks? Uh, Silver, Rice and KDB. So let's start with KDB because he's the unanimous one don't have to belabor the point really good but uh, has been for many years do you guys think he's sort of in the absence of a striker do you feel that particularly in big games he's almost taken on that role and developed a little bit because that's how I feel about him yeah he's the one I most feel feel most confident about getting a goal for them in the in the big games 
when they don't he's have a He's getting, hasn't he, this year a lot more. Yeah. You feel like he can pop up with a goal at any time, just when City need it often as well. I feel like he's been managed a bit better this year. He's playing less of some of the meaningless games and they're sort of avoiding losing it for extended periods like we have done over a few years past. Um, Declan Rice is in. Um, I'll say it now. I think whoever gets Declan Rice is getting an absolute star quality player who's full of personality. And um, I don't know if you guys have seen it. Henry Winter did a interview, I think, in the Stratford Paddock where he was talking about Declan Rice. And he basically said that they were like, is is it was such an it's such an arsy question from the from the United Geese. Do you think he's got the the um strength of character to be the first hundred and fifty million signing for a club of the stature of Man United? And Henry Winter said something really nice, um said said was like, No, yeah, he absolutely does because he's um he's just got that quality, he's just not phased by any of these things. And you can see that the way he, Plays on a football pitch. I actually think he's got better this year, particularly in his distribution. I think he's been so key to what West Ham have done. I really like him. I'm praying we buy him, but yeah, pray. Well, <laughs> <laughs> it's a straight fight, I think. Yeah. Uh, he's uh, he's such a good player. Really good. Did not like him shouting at the referee in the tunnel the other day. If you've all seen that social media clip, wasn't a fan of that. Um, but. I mean, I would be surprised anyone else that Aaron Cresswell, Barcelona bound Aaron Cresswell, got sent off. Um, Bernardo Silva. Someone want to talk to me about Bernardo Silva? Because obviously um, he looked like he was out the door in the summer and now he's playing a key well, role. In. Well, I would like to add that I actually have Bernardo Silva in my team. I've just put him separately in like a different formation. Still not if you look at my team, so Still I have all for Bernardo. Huh? Okay. He's in though. Bernardo Silva. No, in. no. I'm just saying that I also have gone for him because, yeah, I didn't mention him in my midfield three. But yeah, okay. Do you want to talk about him? Yeah, I think he's been. He's like. Thing is with Bernardo, he's been a bit up and down really at City, hasn't he? Like sometimes, some seasons, a couple of seasons, he's been really, really stark quality, side player. He's so skillful, good with both feet. But then last season, it, it didn't really get going for him. It, it just didn't feel like he was he was particularly great, uh, which obviously off the back of how he first been at City was a bit of a shock, to be honest. But then this season, he seems, I'd say, probably better than ever. He's one of the, the best players when he plays. Uh, and to, to stand out that much in a Man City team in this day and age says how quality he is, really. I think he's been exceptional all season. Um, yeah, I, I just think he's been class. Well, he's sort of transformed his game too. He's sits in the middle of the park now, um, where he has played like further upfield or off, off from the flank. And uh, plays he, that nice David Silver role, that link between the two. Yeah. I mean, because he's quite small, isn't he? But he seems to hold his own pretty well in the middle of the park. And. Uh, Works really hard too. Really good player. Really like him, and it is crazy. He was out the door in the summer. They just were like they couldn't get it agreed, and he would have been playing for Diego Simeone. Like what a bad fit! What a that is. That would oh, be. What a bad fit that would be. I mean, uh, they're just trying to stockpile small Portuguese number tens over there and not use them to their full potential. Um, two in the forward line. We've got two absolute 
locks that we all picked in Son and Salah. I don't feel like we need to talk about Salah or Son because we've already done that. Um, so we get to this last pick. Both me and Dave are trying to be a bit funny and get Rodri and Fabinho and people into the midfield. And I do think Rodri's had a really, really, really strong season. He should definitely be in consideration. Fabinho too. Um, that said, we need to get another forward in. Um, Mike's gone for Jota. Um, Ross has gone for Mane. I need the two of you to sell me on your individual cases and then me and Dave will uh, be the deciding votes. Who wants to go first? I'll go. Uh, Jota is very good. (laughs) 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 Uh, He scored 15 league goals this season um, from 24 starts, eight eight appearances off the bench. So he's in that Liverpool team. He's still managing to get a game. Pretty much, he's pretty much played every game. Um, scoring a lot of headers this season, which is not necessarily something you'd have associated with him either. Uh, using that Trent service that we were just talking about, getting on the end of them. He scored some big, important goals for Liverpool. Um, and until Diaz arrived, he was probably one of the first first names on the team sheet. Um, it is interesting how that will progress if Mane potentially goes to to Munich this summer, but I think he's had a pretty standout season, to be honest, Jutta. Yeah, yeah. He's had a better season than, uh, than Mane, but I'm happy to be told otherwise. I mean, it's, well, six or one half of this of another. Yeah, it is, yeah. Um, Mane's a joke as well. I mean, both of them have either been playing like sort of off the left or down the middle. Mane's got 14 goals. Jota's got 15. I mean, it's a bit of a bounce back for Mane. People were, although he only really scored 11 goals last year, people wondering whether he was uh, asked. But yeah, I just went for Mane. He's been playing through the middle and looking pretty good when he's been through there. So. Then the numbers are scarily similar. Yeah, really similar. I just looked at them. <laughs> I think Mane has got about 500 more minutes played and has started more matches than Jota. Um, also finished more matches. Um, Dave, who are you leaning to out of these two? It's uh, tough, isn't it? Uh, Do you want to go rogue, put Todd Campbell in? No, Jared Bowen. Uh, no. Um, I mean, Bowen's got 10 goals to assist. He was actually... Is that a really good stage? So before That's I put Mane in, I had, I had Bernardo... Rodri De Bruyne as my midfield three with Bowen, Son and Salah but then I changed my mind and yeah free mountain there put Bernardo out the wing even though he's played there just for my Asian purposes uh, he used to play there Dave if, Dave, if you want to if you want to hashtag rock the vote I'll join you on the Jared Bowen train and we'll yeah really- I'm happy to go with Jared Bowen alright we'll do it Jared Bowen is in Unreal this. Who have we just. Oh, for Mane or Jota? Yeah. I'm actually. Yeah, I'm good with that. I'm happy with that. Two West Ham players, though. Good Lord, that is crazy. That's got to be the first time in history that's happened. Um, So let's run through these awards quickly. Um, Player of the year is Salah. Um, Rookie of the year is Saka. Arteta is manager of the year. The signing of the year is Jose Sarr. The worst signing is Lukaku. Most improved, Conor Gallagher. The best new camera is... Best new camera? He is a cam. It's a like um, Most disappointed is United. Best goal, Kovacic. Wazik of the year is, is um, 
uh, the entire Talksport staff. Um, <laughs> the unsung hero is Trossard um, slash Mares. Um, and the team of the year is as follows Jose Sarr, Trent, Cancelo, Rudiger, Virgil van Dijk, Rice, Kevin De Bruyne, Silva, Salah, Son, and Jared Bowen. I just wanted to mention on the team of the year, I did put it in our, our chat, but I, so the listeners know, only Rice and Salah went back to back in our 11. Ooh, have you got last year's there? I have. Talk me through it. So we had Martinez in goal, of course, what season he had last year. Yeah. Stufal, Diaz, Stones and Shaw across the oh, back. Oh, God. Yeah, great. We didn't have, oh, we didn't yeah. have Cancelo last year either. Oh, no. no. Sufa was really good last year. To be yeah, yeah, he was great. No, no, fair enough. Then Rice, obviously one of the one of the guys who went back to back. Gundogan and Fernandez, and then Salah. Oh, Gundogan was real last year. Salah, Kane, and Grealish. Grealish, guys. Two Villa players in last year. That is a fall from grace. That is good. Well, Dave was giving him the keys to Birmingham. Oh, yeah. Well, I know, and he liked that offer so much, he laughed well. (laughs) He looked around, he's like, I've had enough of what's here. Um, Okay, so, um, that's that's pretty comprehensive. Is there anyone you thought would make an appearance in the team of the year that didn't? Or do you feel like it's a pretty fair representation? Saka. Fuck off. (laughs) Ben White. I think it's a pretty good team. No, I think it's a good team. Yeah, I'm happy with it, to be fair. Lukaku. You should be there, Lukaku. Mm. You fucking fraudulent. Well, <laughs> if you just said at the start of the season, this is how Lukaku's season would finish. That's what that's what I want to do next year at the start of the season, is I want us to pick our team of the season before it's even started. Yeah. Just to see how wrong we are. Because, episode, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, if you want us to go through our, um, our pre-season picks, I haven't the looked. The 20s go so well that we might yeah. have down. <laughs> I haven't had a look, but let me tell you, it won't be good. Although I think we've got the top three. Oh, well, so that was such a hard pack, wasn't it? Did you guys well, back Arsenal for top four in the end, or did you? Yeah, uh, we did. Oh, you did? did. Fairly certain we did. That would, playing... been, that would have been me, that. No, we they're put United there. They're playing once a week. Oh. We should have put them there. We had, we had Your manager's out there complaining about the pitch. Yeah, because he's got to play it more than once a week. Keep up, Russ. Well, he's not playing <laughs> on that pitch more than once a week, is he? Crikey, yeah, he's going to that's it. So now, um, most disappointing sacking of the season, Dice or Bielsa? Oh, God. Nah, B- I, that's a tough one to call, to be honest. I mean, the thing with Bielsa is that that Leeds had no players for the whole season, so. I'll, I'll tell you after one of the teams stays up. I like that. <laughs> Good stuff. Look at him. He's learning. Back. He's learning. <laughs> um, Ross, if the people want to follow you, where can they follow you? Uh, at Ross underscore Bird 14 on Twitter. Yeah, you can also find him Very at Ross Birdy 14 on PlayStation 2, where he will be playing um, Clicking Heads, you know, on the old Warzone. Or Modern Warfare 2 with Henry Hodgson. I'm trying to remember what Henry Hodgson usually says. Um, Wazak of the Year, Henry Hodgson. There you are. Worst in and around pod member of the year, Henry Hodgson. Um, Mike, if the people want to follow you to find out more about Joel Linton, Talisa, and everything in between. Where can they do that? Uh, at Mikey Breslin on Twitter. Dave, if the people want to follow you to find out how to recover from 
two Dutch snakes biting you in the eye. Where can they do that? Uh, it's at Dave Harris underscore forty four. Um, I will be selling the anti venom. Uh, so DM me if you need it. <laughs> anti venom. They went through your eyes. <laughs> I start calling him Davey Wonder. Um, and if you want to follow me, you could do so at Will at 17, but please don't please instead follow us at in and around pod on all the socials, including mum's nets. Um, if you've got any questions, you can email us at in and around pod at gmail.com. If you're Cafe Rouge and you're looking for a sponsorship, you can get in touch with us there and I'll call you straight back. Um, we will be back next week to talk about something. Hopefully not the FA Cup final. Um, I won't quick last Rise of the season, it's Cafe Rouge. Yeah. Yeah. Fries of <laughs> the decade, Cafe Rouge. Let me tell you. I've still never had these fries. Oh, let me tell you, oh. Ross. Ross, I was in London not that long ago, and I went to a place called um, Black and Blue. <laughs> and they had, and in this place, they had fries like Cafe Rouge, and it's the closest we've ever been. I'm just going to try and power through it. Like. No, I appreciate it. So, we clearly need an in-the-round outing on the business account. <laughs> the business account. Or the profits in the pod. Yeah. Uh, do you know how much we've made from the pod, Ross? Lifetime. I've got a guess on it. It's like minus 400 quid or something. <laughs> I said we haven't turned down sponsorship. So if you'd like to come to that podcast, Cafe Rouge, if you would please, like to, please, honestly, maybe it, just one meal so Ross can try the fries. It costs nothing to sponsor this podcast. Like, if you've got, if you've got five quid and you're just thinking, I just want my name read out at the start of the episodes. I can't think why. Just let me know and I'll do it. We don't even need to include the rest of the bit. Just be like, I just want you to. You can be called like Michael Itterus as well, and I'll read it out. I don't care. Give Cafe Rouge. Pop up offer just to buy me a meal <laughs> so I can try it just so I can say good. Good. And, and get... if you're if you're a budget manscape, please get back in touch. I don't know why you're saying that now. Here's what I want you to do. For the for the literal dozens of fans out there, let's start a hashtag campaign, which is just Ross Thor Rouge. <laughs> let's get it oh, trending. Yeah, let's do it. I'll Ross for All right. <laughs> All right. Ross Mike, you're in charge of this call. Please end it. Yeah, I will do. Sign our everybody. See you, lads. Yeah, bye. Bye.